plugged in. How you sounding? Always good. <clears throat> Always loud. Man. I got to work on my voice projection. I was reading all stuff about how to like improve your the quality of your voice. I was doing plosives, which is like the reason you have a pop filter. Yeah. Get rid of the pop pop and ta-ta-ta. Yeah. But then I was remembering the way to project your voice is to picture a spot, you know, like maybe there, and pretend your voice is a beach ball and go, oh, oh, and try to throw your voice there. <laughs> <laughs> you should have talked into your mic more on that one. That was a good story. <laughs> yeah. right. Welcome to the Move with Modus podcast. My name is Dr. Christopher Ellis. And joining me is personal trainer John Williams. We are the owners of Modus Personal Training and Physiotherapy. Together, we will discuss any topic you can think of when it comes to training and rehab. From the carnivore diet to hip impingement, you can be sure that all your questions will be answered. Enjoy this week's episode. Yeah, no, I just feel like um, having a very confident voice just helps everything in life. You know what I mean? Not just podcasting. I know. Um... I think you're just self-conscious about your voice. No, I think... And I think it's really l- limiting your uh, emotional stability. You're uh, you're definitely a fragile flower. Yeah, well, that might be true, but... No, I just think it's like uh, a great presenter is an amazing thing. And I just, you know, I want to eventually become a great presenter. Yeah, I, there's definitely a thing about voices. People who have really nice voices that project well, you feel like you can trust them more. And you mm-hmm. feel like they're more knowledgeable. Yeah. I've listened to some geniuses who have just voices that are hard to listen to. And I, I, don't, I personally don't discredit them because I'm very aware of it. But I can see how people would. Just like if you're short. I was reading this somewhere. It was like um, the ability, ability to get a job or sell, like your, say, your software uh, has only like 7% to do with the actual things you say. And all the rest of it is how you present yourself. I I don't know exactly what the study was. Something like that. Is the whole point? What was is the percentage of it? That's seven like percent had to do with the content. Everything else is the way you speak, the way you hold yourself, carry yourself, your your charisma, your are you smiling? All these things. Maybe fifty years ago, but today, the the actual content of what you do matters more because you can just sit behind a screen, not talk to anybody, put an app out there on the internet. And push it to through the right channels without having to speak to anybody at all, and it can blow up. Well, yeah, I mean that's all true. Obviously, I'm talking about inter- interpersonal, you know, meetings. That's what I'm talking about. I think really smart people can see through the bullshit. Okay, but so this study is just bullshit. Yeah, just <laughs> disregard everything. So I was thinking about that. This is we are going on too long, but um, I was thinking about that today, like. This guy put a tweet out. I respond to the tweet. I'm not saying I was right or he's wrong or vice versa. He was wrong. He was definitely wrong. I'm always right. Yep. But I, di- I just disagree with him and not totally on what he said, but just like a little bit. I was like, hey, man, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but it could also mean this. Um, he's like, no, that's completely not true. It's, it's really this way. What, is this another personal trainer? No, this is just a random guy online. Okay. Well, it, it, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say what it was. Um, 
and then you can cut out whatever you want of this, whatever of this sounds interesting, maybe none of it, but the guy said, uh, if, if you show up late, if somebody keeps showing up late on you, um, you know, it's just completely disrespectful and you need to, you know, whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe if somebody keeps showing up late, you should reevaluate how much value you're providing to that person. Hmm. You know, if you're a trainer or a physical therapist mm-hmm. and somebody in one of your clients, your patients keep showing up late, maybe you should consider how much they're perceiving that they're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Because if they keep showing up late and they're not on time, then it's probably not a lot. Now, they could just be a person who's perpetually late and actually really do appreciate it. I do mm-hmm. have those people in my life. But the people who can't seem to get out of bed to come and meet me or can't seem to push the other things off in their life to come meet me, I am just have to reevaluate, hey, maybe my service or you know whatever it is about me just isn't enticing enough to for them to be here and be here all the time. It's, it's your BO. That's what it is. What's that? It's your BO. I haven't been wearing too much deodorant <laughs> recently because I have really irritated armpits. It does armpits. not smell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you have irritated armpits from deodorant yeah oh, every once in a while i'll switch up my deodorant uh-huh and every single time it like irritates me hmm. so and maybe you're, maybe you're the fragile flower oh i'm super fragile i'm not <laughs> tough at all right now i have like really sore calves i have like these lip my lips are all mad because i ate too much mangoes and i got these really annoying armpits and i am not happy at all you are a hot mess. <laughs> Tight calves, irritated armpits, and swollen lips from mango. I am not happy whatsoever. This so, is the most upset I've been in my life. So how much mango did you eat? <laughs> <laughs> did you eat the pit? No, no. No, but it was it was a fair amount of mango. One of my clients gave me mangoes because we were talking about the day before. Mm-hmm. And he just happened to have one of his employees give him mangoes. And they were like perfectly ripe. They were perfect. Were they those honey mangoes? Those are the best. No, they were just, I don't know what they were. I'm not I'm, uh, an aficionado. They were fibery, were they? Or were they kind of smooth? Yeah, anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> they were just really good mangoes. Hey, I, couldn't, I couldn't stay away. I spent some time in the Philippines, and it's all about mangoes there. So I'm picky. Fair enough. All right. Sorry. Continue. We'll have our thing. So how many mangoes? Well, it was. Uh, I had probably two total mangoes as I was slicing them up because like, I would slice them and then there's still some meat on the peel. And so I would like eat the inside of the peel. But I think my lips rubbing on the inside of the peel then got all the mango juice on my lips. And then now it's irritating my lips. Speaking of which, we should talk about the carnivore diet as a result. Because, okay, if I rubbed my f- lips on mm-hmm. some meat, mm-hmm. I would not get irritation on my lips yes but when i do that on a fr- too much fruit for too long a period of time whatever the case might be that happens yeah i've i've known a lot of people have reactions to mangoes but i don't know if they're, they're rubbing the skin on their lips like you do <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> i'm like trying brushing to brush your teeth and mango all i'm trying to say is we do get reactions from having too much fruits and vegetables yes. and then there's certain fruits and vegetables that you cannot eat or you'll die that is not the case with meat. And you just got to consider, okay, well, I can put like a little bit of mango on my lips and it irritates me. Mm-hmm. What are the long-term effects of just eating mangoes every single day? Okay, it's a fruit. We think it's healthy. But if it's irritating my lips so much that I get like a rash, if I eat it every single day, is it doing something to my insides? I'm not sure we know. Yeah, I, yeah, I think the jury's still out. I mean, there are known compounds, and this is sort of a hot debate in the nutrition world, like these, the idea of anti-nutrients, right? So... 
you know, on the carnivore side of things, the, the argument is basically that, you know, plants <laughs> evolved over millennia to develop chemical defenses because they're stuck in the ground, which makes sense. They want to propagate the plant just like everything else, and they don't want to be eaten. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's the okay. That's the argument behind the, sort of the carnivore side. And then the sort of mainstream says, well, that's just ridiculous. Plants and fruits are nothing but good for us. And, you know, I don't think anyone uh, disagrees that there was a lot of value in plants and fruits. Um, but the carnivore side is saying, yes, that may be true, but you're also getting this with it. This, you know, these anti-nutrients that may inhibit absorption of something or may actually cause a a gut reaction, or in your case, swollen lips because you like to brush your teeth with mango. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> and then the uh, the further argument is, why get those negatives if you can just get all those same nutrients and more out of you know meats and uh, organs, organ meat? So you've been on the carnivore diet now, mm-hmm. pretty religiously. Yeah, I know you're a very religious guy, so that's a saying a lot. Which I'm not. So that's January 5th I've been on. So what are we in July? So, yeah, half the year, over half the year I've been on it. And honestly, I just, I'm loving it. I just, lo- like, I love the way I feel. It's like a kind of a fun diet to be on. Like, I come home and just make steak and, you know, sometimes liver. And I eat a lot of cheese and it's awesome. I don't know. And my, now my brother's into it. My wife's into it. We're all just on it and just loving it. So, um, yeah, well, you, you kind of dropped off, though. Yeah, and, and, and I'll, dis- I'll discuss why. Okay. Um, well, but okay, I, want, I want you to continue speaking about your experience. Okay. Well, I just want to Because this is something funny. we had to do was the carnivore update. Episode. Well, so, you know, my kids are still eating fruit and stuff. And um, we had some green grapes on the counter. And I was like, man, I haven't had, a, like, a piece of fruit in, like, six months or something like that. So I tried a grape. And I was telling my wife a story. And I was like, oh, my God, it was so sweet. It tastes like cotton candy. She's like, you idiot. Those are cotton candy grapes. I didn't even know that was, a, like, a... A brand or breed <laughs> or genus of grape, but it was literally it tasted just like cotton candy, and that's the type of grape it is. <laughs> well, there you go. And I was thinking, oh my god, I haven't had like this much carbohydrate in so long that it this tastes must so just sweet. Be the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna do it. So, anyways, uh, but actually, I do kind of want to get in some wine talk. Actually, that pertains to this. This is kind of an evolution that's happened to me. So, well, because you've been so, let's be clear, you've been doing the carnivore diet, uh-huh. but you do drink coffee. Uh huh. And you do drink wine, primarily wine. Do you do any other alcohol, or is it mostly just wine? Sometimes vodka. Okay. And sometimes mezcal. I mean, my my brother likes mezcal. He's kind of getting me into it a little bit. Um, and you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm shifting. Well, I kind of go back and forth. Wine, vodka. Like I, I like a nice, clean vodka martini from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, how often are you having things that are outside the carnivore diet, like the wine, like the vodka and the coffee well you know there's sort of different tiers and i'm not like super dogmatic or super strict um like you know i want to try a grape today it's you know whatever i don't think it's a big deal uh and, and coffee is like a no-no um but yeah you gotta have something in life come on now <laughs> uh so i do have a coffee a day sometimes too and then wine i don't know a couple times a week but uh, I've switched to organic wines, which I'll, I'll get into in a mm-hmm. minute. Um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now let's talk about, so you've been on the carnivore diet for six months. How has the diet for you evolved? Because I, I know you were eating certain things at the beginning. Mm-hmm. How has that changed over time? Have mm-hmm. you switched? 
Sorry, we lost you for a second. Repeat that question. So has anything changed with your diet over these past six months? Are certain things starting to pop up more? Um, have you noticed? Have you shifted anything? What's changed? Um, in terms of the actual food I'm eating, um, I'm better about liver. Initially, oh, I hated it. Um, now I can tolerate it. <laughs> I was like slathering it in, in uh, mustard and just chewing it as fast as I could and basically muscling it down. But I've sort of grown to like it more. I don't say I love it, but it's I can do it. I don't gag anymore. Um, eat some chicken hearts from time to time. Uh, I do love those. I kind of love those already. Uh, that's a kind of a Brazilian thing. As you know, my wife is Brazilian, so whenever we do a cookout, we oftentimes get uh, chicken hearts. Uh, tried some kidney. That was disgusting. I'll never do that again. <laughs> it tastes like pee. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> uh, well, that, that's probably all the organ meat I've done. I do take supplements. To the, uh, they're not really supplements. It's actually just desiccated meat from heart and soil. I do take those, uh, except for the days I'm taking. If I'm eating liver that day, I'm not taking the, the supplements and vice versa. Um, what else has changed? So I've lost 30 pounds. I, yeah, you do look great. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> so I initially, when I went on the diet, I was definitely overweight. And I had a wheeze and a cough, as I mentioned the first time we talked about this. You um, you literally had a cough. I mean, I, and he's being 100% serious. He was coughing all the time. Yeah, it was like every couple minutes I'd cough. Yeah, I was like, it was just fluid in my lungs at all times. Yeah, it was like one of the things that when I first met you, first, second time I met you, you were just like coughing all the time. You're like, yeah, I don't. I, I, you're like, I promise it's not COVID because we met during COVID times. Yeah. And uh, I was like, all right, this guy's kind of weird. Yeah, he probably thought it was weird. Anyways, uh, so within, I would say, like five days, it was like super fast, the wheezing and coughing went away, like completely. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so that, those are the big things for me. There were some skin changes. I had a little bit of eczema on my legs, and that, that pretty much went away. Um, other than that, you know, stable energy, sleeping better. Uh, my wife says my hair looks better. I don't know if that's true or not. Your hair? <laughs> yeah. She says it looks a little... I don't know. Thicker, maybe? I don't know. I can't tell. Who knows? Uh, sometimes you're, when you're looking for things, you find them, you know what sure. I mean? So I don't know. Um, and then, so then, but that kind of stalled. Like, the weight loss kind of stopped, uh, which is fine. I feel like I'm at a good weight. And then uh, a little bit of the wheeze came back, and a little bit of the cough came back. And I noticed it was after drinking red wine. So I did some research. Um, I found this professor from MIT Dr. Stephanie Seneff. She was on the Peak Human podcast. Uh, and as far as I know, she's kind of on the controversial side. Where she's got like a million degrees. And she's done her life's work around glyphosate. So do you know what glyphosate is? That's the chemical in Roundup. So it's a pesticide. Right. And th this was a really good podcast because it kind of taught me a few things. One of them, like, I didn't know the whole thing with GMOs. So I was like, well, isn't all fruit and vegetable GMOs basically, right? Like, that's why we have seedless watermelon and stuff. That's not the issue that we've messed with it. The issue is uh, what they did was modify certain fruits and vegetables to be immune to glyphosate. So in mass agriculture, they can spray the entire field and just the weeds die because they're not, you know, they're not GMO. And the other uh, crops survive. That's, that's the whole reason. So that's why there's pesticides all over our fruit. And, you know, by the way, just washing like an apple doesn't get the pesticides off because the glyphosate goes into the soil and then the, the plant soaks it up. So it's internalized into the actual fruit. So just washing it, it's not going to be enough. It's probably not going to do anything for you. 
So unless you're getting organic, it's like nearly impossible to be um, glyphosate free. Now, if you look up this stuff on the internet, there's there's, there's a huge backstory behind it. Um, there are a lot of things saying, oh, it's totally safe, blah, blah. But then you also read, okay, it's, it's related to certain cancers. So anyways, I got afraid enough. Oh, let me go back into what she was saying. Dr. Seneff was saying that um, part of the issue and the, why you're seeing so much gluten sensitivity and increase in celiac disease is not necessarily the gluten. So gluten is a sticky protein. It's kind of hard to break down. But like, you know, wheat uh, has an enzyme. When you ingest it, you get, yes, the gluten, but also that enzyme that helps break down that gluten. What she is postulating is that glyphosate kills that enzyme. So you're just getting the gluten without the thing that comes along with it to help break it down. There's a whole pathway, the shikimate pathway. So that's her theory. Glyphosate is killing the enzyme. We're getting just the gluten, and it's irritating the crap out of us because we don't have all the tools necessary to break it down. Pretty interesting theory. That is an interesting theory. Yeah, so she's you know she's kind of like, well, it's not really celiac. It's really, it's the glyphosate. That's wow. what she's saying. Uh, so that was enough for me to say, okay, let me try some organic wine. And uh, that seemed to do a trick. I, I don't know. I, this is only a couple weeks into this you know, sort of self-experiment. But, uh, you know, when I drink, drink cheap red wine, wheeze and cough. When I drink organic, it goes away. Or it doesn't return, put it that way. Yeah, that's interesting because I actually had a... Uh well, uh, my biggest thing is definitely not against. I'm not against GMOs whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I'm against the pesticides that we spray on the foods. Mm -hmm. We need to be more careful about what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like it, it. It continues to agree with me, especially if you look at fruits and vegetables of old and then today. It's like night and day. I mean, fruits. It's just night and day. If you look at carrots of like from 70 years ago, it's not even the same thing. Um, so I don't have a problem with GMOs, but definitely the way we. Um, try to protect those plants with these pesticides is definitely seems to be the issue. Um, and then you want to talk about carnivore diet. It's like, okay, well we can sort of get away from a lot of that as a result. Um, but can we? Cause so that's where you'd have to buy grass fed, grass finished beef because now if you're, you know, getting sort of mass production beef, they're being fed corn and soy and, and you know, what's on the corn and soy. It's, you know, there you go. Glyphosate again. And they're getting little, there's like acceptable amounts of plastic allowed in feed. Did you know that? Disgusting. So, um, yeah, I used to be like, oh, that whole organic thing, you know, who's even checking it? Okay, it is a real thing, and it's definitely worth the extra couple bucks because it's your health. Mm -hmm. So, whatever I can. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm 100% grass-fed, grass-finished, but as much as I possibly can, that's what I do. And um, any anything that users and potential carnivorians should be concerned about trying this diet any like things you would say hey don't make these mistakes i made do this instead um no a lot of people that go on it will notice a one to two day diarrhea phase that is usually mitigated with getting some good healthy saturated fat has something to do, to do with bile production i'm not sure exactly what causes it but usually if you have a couple of avocados through that, that phase, it usually kind of takes care of that. So um, other than that, I mean, uh, there's nothing really to be warned about. Well, I guess <laughs> liver. You're going to have to eat liver. You can't just do ribeyes. All right. You got to get some organ meat or else you will be missing some nutrients. Ribeyes are so good, though. Well, you can have as many ribeyes as you want, but you also got to get some liver or you have to supplement for it. So. I just wanted to make sure we weren't hating on ribeyes. No, I love ribeyes. So good. What's your favorite steak? Is it ribeye? Ribeye. I'm and I cook them so good. 
I don't know why I'm so good at it. I think I just, I don't know. I think I've just cooked a lot of them, but at the same time, yeah, they just you're, come out perfect. I would just never go to a restaurant. Naturally gifted, but you still don't know how to flip an egg. No, <laughs> I'm actually really bad at cooking eggs. As a result of how bad I am at flipping them, it's so easy. Out in, out in. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about my experience on the carnivore diet. Cause right, it was go. Wait, wait, different. Quickly, have you ever reverse seared a steak? No, what does that mean? So, oh, is that the one where you're telling me like put it in the oven first, like, twenty and minutes, and then sear afterwards? It comes out way better. I was surprised. I was skeptical. Yeah, because you think it's gonna be overcooked. Well, you, you know, but you, you, said only, you only put it on like two hundred or something like that. Yeah, like two seventy-five, and you gotta watch the internal temperature. So it's a little more sciencey. You gotta get a thermometer, and uh, that part of the reason why it comes out good is because you're <coughs> controlling the the variables more. So you know, if you're gonna sear on both sides and stick in the oven, it's kind of a little bit of guesswork, and maybe you sear it a little too long on one side. This, you basically get the internal temperature just right. Sear it real high, and it, it, oh, also it like basically makes the outside a little bit um, drier, so you get a little bit like a bark on the steak, which is really nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, try that. It's really, really good. Okay. So your experience with carnivore. Yeah, my experience was different. And the one thing, one of the reasons why I switched to the carnivore diet was because I was getting really tired after meals, and I'll explain exactly why that was. I was just doing a silly thing with my diet um, for taste, but I was getting really tired after my meals, so I was like, you know what? Like Chris is on it. He says he feels good. I'll give it a shot. Those things are true. I, I had very level energy, and I felt good. Um, there was a huge cost component. I went from spending like $100 a week at the grocery store to 160 175 So it got real expensive really fast, and I was getting less food. I was, I was eating less even though I was spending significantly more just because you know, meat's so expensive. Um, and so I ended up losing a bit of weight, I think like five or so pounds, but it was all body fat. I, I looked pretty good, I'll, I'll admit, but... It, Part of that was also just because I was eating less because I couldn't afford more. Um, but so were, were you hungry? What's that? Were you, did you feel like you were in a calorie deficit? Did you feel hungry? No, no. I actually felt good. So, I, yeah, I really didn't feel hungry at all. I felt completely satiated, felt good. Um, the one thing that was continued to occur throughout the entire month that I was on the carnivore diet was I was having diarrhea the entire time. Oh, you were? Every single day, yeah. Mm. Um, I was having very irregular bowel movements mm -hmm. and I tried some solutions. Um, you know, I tried a multivitamin, tried some supplements, tried magnesium, tried, um, you know, more liver, tried some different things and nothing seemed to work. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Did you, did you try the avocado? Cause I think I told you about that, right? I did try the avocado in the beginning. Uh -huh. Did um, no, nothing helped. Part of it could be I figured out, and I'll, this is a, a little bit of an aside, but kind of important. I figured out that I was actually intolerant to chicken, which I had been dealing with my whole life, and I just never knew. Because you just figured, okay, chicken's good for you. Um, but for me, that was not the case. Yep. Um, so that could have been part of it. Maybe I went, if I went to a more like red meat and pork sort of situation, that would have changed things. But yeah, I was having irregular bowel movements the entire time, and so... The cost and then that. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop. And then the thing I changed, I went back to my normal diet, which is literally just whole wheat pasta, um, kale, mm -hmm. bell peppers, broccoli, and then meat. Mm -hmm. It's usually a high fat meat, like a red meat, like a chuck pot roast or um, pork shoulder, one mm -hmm. of those two. It's pork. literally in those, that's literally my meal. I alternate mm -hmm. the meat and it's the exact same meal. I have that twice a day. Um, and the thing I did is I was putting like Alfredo sauce in the pasta to make it taste better. And it's not like it was a ton, but it was still too much to have twice a day. 
and that's what was weighing me down. Yeah. I cut that out. And then I, you know, now I feel good after my, one of my meals. I don't feel tired. Um, yeah. I mean, this just goes to show that, you know, there's not one diet for everybody, you know. No, I, I, I don't. I don't know if there's an optimal diet. Um, I sort of know what works for me, and it sounds like you know what works for you. And I think that's uh, I think it's important for people to kind of experiment with their diet and see what you react to and what you don't. I, I you know, I think that's part of it is just understanding that food is super powerful and it does cause reactions in people. Like I was like living, just feeling kind of like crap, but not knowing it because I just thought like, well, that's, that's just, that's just me, right? And then you know, once I started playing around my diet, it's like. Oh my god! I feel so much better. I didn't know I could be like this. So yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. But I want to say though, with the chicken, um, chicken and pork. Like, I don't really eat a lot of chicken and pork anymore. I actually eat like zero chicken now. Uh, the the main reason is it's kind of hard to get good quality chicken. Like, where you, you know, can you find organic chicken? Things that are, chicken that's not fed corn and soy and all this garbage. Same thing with pork. Pork's a little easier to find that, but chicken it's like. Unless you're ordering online somewhere, it's hard to find that. So I know there's places like White Oaks, uh, yeah, White Oaks Farms, yeah, and Belcampo. You can get uh, really good Wait, quality. White Oaks Farms. So White Oaks. White Fair Oaks. No, White Oaks Farms. Okay, I believe good, in Georgia. Fair Oaks Farms um, is horrible to their calves. No, this, do no. not buy anything, and that's the Fair Life, the little, uh, you know, the, the milk, the Fair Life milk. Oh, do yeah. not do not buy anything from them. Okay. Um, no, and these these two places are uh, like net carbon negative. Wow. So that this is all about regenerative farming. So a lot of people make the argument, well, you know, for, you know, meat's bad because it adds more carbon to the environment, and it, you know, that's kind of bullshit. That's propaganda. I mean, yes, mass agriculture is like that, but you can farm differently and still have a negative carbon footprint. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually better for the soil and better for the earth. That's what we all should be doing. So, uh, yeah, Carnivore Revisited. Uh, what else do we want to say about Carnivore? Anything else? Here's what I'll say just in general. When you are going to try a new diet or you want to figure out what works and what doesn't work for you, control as many variables as you can. Figure out some very systematic approach to it. Mm-hmm. Eat only one way and then change one variable and see what happens. Change yeah. another variable and see what happens. But keep everything else the exact same. Don't change one thing. And do that for a while. And I guarantee you'll spot the little things that really bother you. Yeah. For me, it was peanut butter. I didn't, I didn't realize, but I couldn't have peanut butter and jelly mm-hmm. sandwiches. Like, that would really bother me. Um, again, the chicken, bananas. And the only way I found out that I was intolerant to these things is they made me feel really bad and uncomfortable. Like, yeah. my stomach would be uncomfortable. I'd have irregular bowel movements. I'd be tired or whatever the case yeah. was. Um, the only way I could figure out these intolerances is because my diet is so systematic. Yeah. If it wasn't that way, I'd have no idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the way you should do anything in life is be scientific and add one variable. If you're looking for change, add one variable at a time or subtract one at a time and see the difference. Yep. That's a good approach. Uh, with, so we, we did a lot of pee-pee-poo-poo talk. So on to the um, – as it pertains to bowel movements, I will say you're going to defecate a lot less. So if you're the kind of person that goes like two or three on times a day diet. on the carnivore, yes, because and that's good. People think they're getting constipated. That's not what it is. It's just that your body absorbs basically all of the meat. So you you know, a lot of the stuff that you defecate is stuff like fiber, which is debatable if we even need that. Um, it's all the stuff that's insoluble. That's what makes up the bulk of a stool. Uh, if you're 
GI system's absorbing most of the meat, you're you're not going to go to the bathroom as often, which is kind of nice, actually. Yeah, you're nice more efficient. side benefit. Yep. Yep. That's all we got? That's all we got, I guess. Yeah. Carnivore. I love it. John doesn't. I don't dislike it. I'll, I'll probably find my way back to it in some sort of capacity because I don't have a lot of carbs. Yeah. Like the pasta that I have, it's not that much. Um, but I do have a decent amount of fruit, which, again, fruit's one of those things. We talked about the mangoes at the beginning. Like if I have too much too many strawberries or whatever the case, then I have, you know, some stomach problems. And that's where it's like, okay, well, I mean, is this causing longer-term damage? This is something we have to, you know, consider. If it's bad in the short term, what's the long term? Right. It's, and it's slight excess. It's like, okay, I have five strawberries. Okay, I have six. Now I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I also, you know, that kind of goes back to, once again, the insulin situation, right? So if you're just living a life of a carb-heavy diet, I'm not anti-carb, okay? Uh, but if your diet is centered around carbohydrates, your body at some point will become insulin resistant and then they run to other issues. And that's going to happen later in life. But, you know, I think carbs should be a part of a diet, but I just think it's too centralized in sort of the standard American diet. Yeah. And that's the other thing I should say is I actually have a very high fat diet and mm-hmm. it's very high protein. Mm-hmm. It does have a decent amount of carbs, but it's actually a very signi- it's a significantly lower percentage. It's probably like 20, 15 to 20% mm-hmm. where fats are really high and then protein is pretty high as well. Yeah, I think that's important. Saturated fat's good for you. It's what your, your nervous system is made out of. So. Yeah, I do cook in butter. Yeah, good. It tastes better, eh? Yep. And it's not bad for you. That's right. The French had it right all this time. Yep. So. All right, I think that's, uh, I think that's a wrap. What do you say? Yep. I think that was a good little revisit episode. All right, Carnivore Part 2, in the books. All right, see you next week. Bye, John. (laughs) Do you have unexplained pain? Or do you wonder just how healthy you are? When was the last time you had your blood tested? Blood chemistry analysis is a great way to stay ahead of any health conditions. And now you can have control of your health with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked is an incredible company that sends blood tests to your home. You can choose from over 30 different tests, whether that's liver function, testosterone, micronutrient, cholesterol, or C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation. It's sent to you with free shipping, and you get results in two to five days, no physician referral needed. Use the code DPT20 for 20% off. Go to letsgetcheck.com and use the code DPT20. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions you want answered, find us on Instagram at Modus Naples or send us an email. You can fill out a contact form on our website, which is modusnaples.com. Make sure to check out our blog and our shop as well, where there are downloadable programs that we'll continue to update. This is the Move with Modus podcast. We'll see you next week.